So Jerry makes a comment about the young kid, and then Beth gives me all these like I'm, I'm like, my nose that big? Amen. Take your Bibles. Go to uh, Philippians. If y'all heard that, well, I'm sure you have about that shooting down in, in uh, Texas. Uh, brother, uh, I, this isn't going to be very long. Now. I'd like just to pray for a little bit if we could uh, and just bring those, those families in prayer down there. That's a uh, sad, sad thing. Uh, but that's, that's the outcome of a world that has turned themselves against the Lord or went away from God. And we raise our kids. We're getting ready for camp. And uh, we spend a lot of time uh, and effort in these young people because uh, the world spends a lot of time in them to mess them up. And there's nothing you can do on the way over here. Uh, Beth was talking to somebody, and they tried to justify, or not justify, uh, they tried to reason why that young man did it. The young man did what he did. You can't, you can't destroy that many lives. He killed 18, 19 lives plus two adults, uh, 21 people. Uh, there's no explanation for that. You're never going to find a reason why there's no... Uh, you could spend millions and millions of dollars. The, the boy went ballistic, and he went and done something that he shouldn't have done. And maybe there were flags flying before then. But, brethren, you know what this world needs to see from us today? They need to see some different, different things in our lives. Uh, when things like this happen to them, the hope, just like 9-11 or whatever, they're looking for something that's beyond uh, what they need. They need Jesus Christ is what they need. They don't need anything else other than him. And in Philippians, Paul is sitting here talking, which is an amazing passage of the scriptures. Uh, I come across it today as I finish my Bible reading. And it says in verse 1, it says, If there be any consolation uh, in Christ, if any comfort of, of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy. Paul is saying, look, fulfill my joy. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for the word of God that we have. What a precious thing we have in our, in our hands, Lord, that we can hold, look at, and see uh, Lord, this is a blessed thing that's, uh, it's, it, that you gave us. Uh, when you say, oh, worship the king, Lord, uh, we wouldn't know how to worship you or any part of that without this book in front of us. Lord, I do thank you for today. Thank you for everybody who came out tonight. Bless the service. And, Father, I do, again, pray for those people down in Texas, Lord, that you just comfort those families. Uh, Lord, there's uh, you, like only you can do, Lord. And, uh, Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, heard, heard some things on the news uh, this week, which is, I mean, our world is going insane. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the, the archdiocese, uh, the, the bishop out there, said, uh, you can't take communion. Uh, Whoop, Whoopi Goldberg and a few others got all mad on the view about that and uh, said that the priest out there, or the bishop, didn't have the right to say that. They have blurred the lines between, between church and state, and they're thinking, I can do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. Uh, brother, I'm going to tell you, this is part of the message that you can't. Uh, we, we, have, we have rules and regulations that we have to follow. We have ways of life that we're supposed to live. It should be a natural thing. It shouldn't be something that's forced. But for, for Pelosi or Speaker Pelosi to say, uh, you can't church, you can't. I couldn't believe the Catholic Church was right. I mean, I had to actually be on their side. I'm like, uh, I was telling uh, Brother Reagan, I was talking to him today, and I said, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, I said, so, I mean, when, when the bishop said, look, you're all, all over abortion until you come out publicly, I had to say, yeah, man, I mean, that's it, tell him. Uh, the rest of that stuff you got is all, the communion he's talking about is wrong anyways. Everything he's talking about is wrong. However, he said, look, you're against God. I thought, man, that guy could be a Baptist preacher next week. You never know what's going to happen to that man. 
And I'm sitting there going, and, and here you go. Here's, here's one branch of the Catholic Church saying, oh, you can't do that. Here's another. They're kind of teetering. I'm like, wait a second. That should come right down. That should have came down from the Pope. You don't believe in, abo you believe in abortion? Then you can't take communion. Well, it's wrong anyways, but hey, you can't do this. You don't have the right to say that. It's, it's the church. What are you trying to do? Now you're trying to interject. Brethren, they're getting this far from interjecting the government into our churches and telling us what we can and can't do. You know what you got to do? You got to sit there and say, no, Lord, I need you. You know what we need tonight? We don't need the government. We don't need anybody. We need Jesus Christ. That's all we need. Those people down in Florida, in Texas, what they need tonight is Jesus Christ. They don't need... Uh, somebody saying, well, this young man is this, and, and we need to get rid of guns, and we need to do all that. What we need is Jesus Christ. He sits right here. I'm going to go back in. I just want to go through a couple things in this person. He says, if there be therefore, that therefore is a very important therefore. Uh, whenever he, somebody says therefore, there's something prior to that. Go back to, and I was going to look at verse 27, uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 27. But, man, I mean, there is so much stuff that back there that when you start looking at that thing, you almost have to go back to uh, verse 21. Uh, he says, for... Actually, 20. Man, you almost have to go back to Genesis 1 1. <laughs> he says, uh, verse 19, for I know. 18, 17, 16, 15. Yeah, hey, what then? How about 18? What then? Uh, now you got to go back. Forget that. Uh, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I, you know what that priest did? That priest took a stand for Jesus Christ, and the world doesn't understand what their communion is. They did understand that he took a stand and says, you can't commit you can't be for abortion and for God. In that thing, I have to be on the guy's side. If I get an opportunity to talk to him and say, look, you know, you, let me expound a little further to what you, you need a little bit of help here. But I mean, he stood up, and at least he stood a ground... Well, isn't that a shame that a Roman Catholic will stand ground on something? It took him 10 years to get there. He said, I, I spent 10 years sending that woman letters saying, you can't do this, you can't do this. Finally, he stood up and said, I'm done. Let's read on. He goes, Christ, uh, though Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. You know what opportunity always comes to preach? And all you have to do is listen to what somebody else has said or listen to them. Sometimes if we just stop and listen to what somebody says, you can, you can slide right in with Jesus Christ and, and do the job that needs to be done. You know, a lot of people know some things, but they don't know everything. But you can just slide that thing right in. If you just listen, I like going to jails because you listen to them, you get it. Paul continues on. He goes, for I know that this uh, shall turn to my salvation. Uh, not say, being saved, he's already saved. For I know that... This shall turn to my salvation through uh, your prayers and your, you know, saved from getting beat and whipped and everything else, uh, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that is, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Paul never wanted to be ashamed of the church. He spent his life teaching the church to do what they should be doing and trying to get them to see not just... Do, 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 but why am I doing what? It's the love of Christ. Brother, if we have the love of Christ, and, and he's going to go on into that here in just a second. I better keep on going. Uh, he says, shall be saying, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be uh, by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. A true statement. 
But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labors. Yet what, what I shall choose, I wot not. He don't want to do it. For I am in a strait betwixt. This is the Apostle Paul. I remember the first time I ever read that verse. I agreed with him 100%. I, I got what he said. For I am in a strait betwixt the two, having a desire to depart. There, you should have a desire to be with Jesus Christ. There should be that inward desire that you want to be with your Lord and Savior. I, I'm like Mary Magdalene. My mom has a real serious issue with Mary Magdalene. She goes on the perverted side. I said, Mom, why, you, you know what your problem is? You don't understand love. So many of us really, really don't understand love. Uh, we get married at a young age and we think that's love. That's not love. Dr. Roman always said, and I heard other preachers, that's lust. You learn how to love after a while. If you can hang in there, man, and, and put up with all the other stinky stuff that goes on in a person's life, uh, you'll learn how to love them. Uh, my wife puts my blankies on me every night. If I, if I go lay in my chair, she comes over and puts the blankies on me whether I want them or not. It could be 900 degrees in our house, and she throws the blankies on me, and next thing you know, I'm sweating. She has, they never kiss my feet yet. I can't get her to do that part. I don't blame her. I, don't, I wouldn't kiss my feet either, but, but I'm working on it one of these days, man. Uh, he goes, but I'm in a strait betwixt the two, having desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. It is. Uh, Adrian Rogers said, if you're not ready to die, you're, there's no way you're ready to live. Unless you know how to die, you cannot figure out how to live. Because everything you're going to die, to die is to be with Christ. Paul says that right here. He says, for, for I'm in the strait betwixt the two, having a desire to, to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, it, to abide, let, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, that's what I want to get. you got a spiritual side and a carnal side. Paul's carnal side wanted to go be home with the Lord. But he knew for the churches. Boy, aren't you glad that the Apostle Paul stuck it around for a little bit more longer? And I'm sitting here with 14 New Testament books today that I can now understand what little I can understand in the rest of the Bible because of a man named Paul who sit there one day and said, I need, I need to give more than what I want to give for somebody else. The hardest thing you'll do, we're getting ready for camp. And I, I thought about this, and there's multiple reasons why. I thought about those families down there, but really I thought about camp. Brother, we're going to be ramping up for camp here in a couple days, and, and, it's, and tempers are going to flare. Oh, no, they won't. Oh, yes, they will. You're still stinking flesh. And uh, something's not going to work right, and, and, and we're going to try to blame somebody else. Uh, let's not do that, brethren. You know what we're doing? We get the opportunity to be a blessing to a lot of churches that are going to bring their young people to our, our camp. And when they bring them there, we went up there and did that, that cabin, not for any accolades or anything else, to get 24, 25 more kids in there so that we have an opportunity to reach 24, 25 more kids. And it may just change their life. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes what, what Christians have lost in this world is how to give. They think, oh, you're just wanting this. You're, wanting, you're missing it. You're missing it. Paul is sitting here going, yeah, it is better to go and be with Jesus Christ any day of the week. But when the Lord wants to take me, he'll take me. And it's better, and he realizes it's better for me to save. And he goes on, he says, and having, verse 25, and having this confidence, he was confident about what he was doing. I know that I shall abide and continue with you for, the, for your furtherance and joy and faith. Do you know that sometimes we spend our time making other people happy? How often do you try to make somebody else happy instead of yourself? 
The hardest thing you'll ever do is get out of ourselves and, and worry about somebody else. So he goes on. He goes, verse 26, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ. You know that we always say we want our churches to shout and scream and, and run the aisles and do all this other stuff. But nobody wants to be the one who starts that. Somebody has got to be the, the point where it, the Holy Spirit or a group of people have to be the point where the Holy Spirit goes out. And he's not going to do that to some greedy people that want everything for themselves. You've got to let go of some things. Say, no, I want something better. I want something bigger. I want some more God in my life than anything else. I like, I like the Lord being in my life, man. I got four little grandkids now, and I got an opportunity. Wally looks at me and still runs. I don't blame him too, man. I look at Mary and I want to run. Uh, but, I mean, you sit there and look at him. You know what I want? I want to help him. Just like your grandkids or your kids. I want to help your kids. Why? Because I know I've got an opportunity, a, a small time that I've got left. And even if I had my whole life, I, that's still a vapor. James says it's a vapor. And it's gone. And, and really only what done, is done for Christ will last. Nothing else on this planet will matter. It'll never matter. When you take your last breath, only what you've got to do for Jesus Christ lasts. Paul goes on here and he says, oh, only, verse 27, only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. You know, when you talk to somebody, you ought to watch what you say. You ought to, I mean, you ought to, I'm t- I'm t- I have a, uh, I, I got, you know, they say you point your finger at other people, you got three pointing back, man, I do, I got three pointing right back at me. Uh, that's a rough thing sometimes. That's a rough, they, Paul, man, I don't know how he got this stuff. It had to be direct revelation, like Brother Joe says, a direct revelation. And I bet you Paul was arguing with the Lord, that, are you sure about that? Now, wait a second, seven times 70, I read that. Seven times is bad enough. Once is enough. My, I heard Beth the other day. One of her little grandbabies was messing up. If you do that, I'm going to beat you 15 times. I probably shouldn't say that on the... Uh, and she didn't. But later, later she goes, now if, you, if you're good, I'll only do it once. I'm like, you just told them 15. You ought, to, you ought to do it. Yeah, See, she doesn't even remember it. She just said it. I wish I had a recording of that. She's going, I did not say that. I did not say that. Yes, you did say that. Get, get Alex in here. Let's ask. Alex will agree. But it says, only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of, of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit. Brethren, this is, this is a body. We're a body of believers here. You know what Paul would have wanted? Us to all be in agreement. It is so hard for clicks to get in. I'll, I'll see a group of guys back here every now and then. Say, oh, you got your little click going back here, huh? And uh, just joking, because I know it's really not that. But we're, we're all in this thing together. There's not one of us in here when we, like, I'm going to use camp as an uh, illustration or uh, vacation Bible school coming. You know what blessing was? I, I had to go in here. They got that freezer working back there. And, and I went into that room behind the uh, uh, soda machine. Y'all don't know there's a secret room back there. But I, I was like, man, it's clean. I said, whoa, what happened in here? This is the first time I've been in here since you cleaned it up. And uh, I, I was looking at it, and I said, you can actually see the shelves. I said, everything. You can tell what's in the boxes. I think it was just a place where out of sight, out of mind, and people threw it in. But a couple ladies came in here one afternoon, and they cleaned that room up. And I just want to, brother, and I appreciate everything that everybody does around here, except Jerry. (laughs) I give him the opportunity to stand behind a pulpit, and what does he do? I told him it's going to come back. This whole message is going to be pointed right at him. Oh, by the way, brother Jerry. I got a check here for our van from uh, Brother Reagan. 
And uh, I, told him, I told him he could have the van. I gave it to him. He said he would not do that. I said, well, brother, I gave it to you. He goes, no. He talked to his church, and his church said no, and they wanted to pay for it. And he, he sent me a check. I said, well, that's like half is what I would give. I would give double that. <laughs> and uh, no, I didn't do that. I tried to talk him out of it, but he would not, he would not budge. So I got a check. This is a very sizable amount of money. And it's made out to the church, so I just want you and Mike to know it's there, so we do something with it. And, and uh, I don't, Beth was going to give it away to the missionaries. It's the same amount. And I'm like, where's that check? And she gave it to me. She, what was you going to do with this? No, I just didn't know what it was. So oh. I didn't know if it needed to go in the box. Or... Oh, that's good. So you just you wanted to know exactly what it was. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's good. See, Jerry, you shouldn't do this to me on a, on a Wednesday night, man. I mean, this is going to be right to you. <laughs> but Paul goes on. Paul goes on. And he goes, and in nothing, verse 28, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Brother, that thing that went on down in Texas was our adversary. And things that happen all over this country is our adversary. What we got to do is realize who we are fighting against and, and always be ready to give an answer for the hope in any condition that we're in to this lost and dying world. That's what they need. They need Jesus Christ. They don't need anything else. They're going to come up with all kinds of stuff that if we do this, we do this, we can stop this. You can't stop it. Eight point, it's almost 8 billion people on this planet. That number is astronomical. You cannot control 8 billion people. I don't care what you do. One person cannot, Biden cannot even control his own life. How in the world is he going to control America? You would think that Putin would be able to take over Ukraine and Ukraine's smoking him. We need to pray for Ukraine too, brother. And I'm telling you what, that, that thing will never stop over there if we don't do something. And I don't want to get involved in it just like the next person, but uh, something has got to be done to stop. But you're, we're on the precipice of, of the Lord coming back. And this whole world is just sitting there, a boiling pot, ready to explode. And we've got the answer. It's Jesus Christ. Paul goes on. He goes, uh, your adversaries, which is, is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his name's sake. You know, I would love to say that everything's going to be perfect for your whole life. And you get saved, and woohoo, man! It's like glory. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't trade one thing for the last forty-three years after being saved. I wouldn't trade one thing for anything. But uh, me and brother Dave was talking today, and I was telling him a couple of things that happened to me in life, and, and uh, there were some bad things that happened after I got saved. You think you're serving Jesus Christ, and you're doing everything, and preaching, and everything that moves, and give, and all of a sudden he'll tear your hide off. He'll let your hide get tore off, and you're like, "What was that?" He goes, "Now you, you got. You know what? If you're going to rule with him." And reign with him, you're going to have to suffer with him. You're going to have to learn that stuff. He learned it by becoming a man. You and I learn it after we get saved. And you know all through that stuff what he says? He says, smile and wave, boys. <laughs> Just smile and wave. And it's a, it's a, it's a learned thing. You, it's not something you're going to get day one. You hear some people sometimes every now and then. Y'all keep Betty, Miss Betty in, in prayer. She has COVID. And we need to keep her in prayer. She's like five days into it, so... Uh, she's getting better. Beth's been taking some stuff over to her, and she took a, a COVID test over, and she took it. And, and it was kind of funny because Miss Betty's 100 years old this year, and uh, Beth said this COVID test, they say, is like a pregnancy test. It, it'll either, you're either, if you're positive, you're either got COVID or you're pregnant. 
And she said, Miss Betty started laughing, <laughs> which I would too. But you never can tell the Lord, man. He took, uh, he took Sarah, man, 90 years old, and she had one. Uh, you better watch that thing. I mean, I tell people all the time, they think, oh, I'm safe. Uh, you never know what God's going to do. You better watch that thing. He's, he's capable of anything. And he goes on, he says, uh, verse 30, he says, Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. And then he starts in chapter 2, and this will only take a second. If therefore, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. Have you ever been cons- consoled by Christ? Man, I tell you what, I, I have, there is so many times, there is times all back through my life where I thought I was all by myself and, and the whole world was going on without me and, and I was, all, you know, just in misery and, and the Lord would come and say, hey, hey, Mike, let's go, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And it was just a comforting feeling in my heart that he's with me, right there with me, and he's consoling me. And he's teaching me that sometimes, you know, you have to console other people. I don't want to see anybody. I wouldn't want to see my, the, the person that hates me the most on this planet, I would never want to see them go to hell. Never. You know what makes me do that is Jesus Christ. That's what does that. Brother, when we get into doing, we get a privilege of doing something. Uh, Brother Dave said he goes to a lot of churches around the country and they, they know who we are. You know what you are? You're a testimony. You're a testimony. A small little church. You're a testimony in this planet. You're a testimony in Dayton. You're a testimony in, in, and you know what that is? They see the love of Christ in you. Not just in you, but in, in the people that we get to touch and help. And what we got to do, we get a, this week, we're going to have one week of camp. And we get just a few moments to be an influence in somebody's life. And we don't need to make that negative. Not that y'all are. Y'all are great guys. I'm telling every one of you are great. I was bragging about the ladies cooking. I still, it just marvels me that these four or five ladies will get up there and they'll cook, uh, they'll cook 150, there's 150 people there, they'll cook 450 meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. They don't know about the snack thing. I go in there all the time. They're always like, somebody was in here, fee, fa, fo, fum. I smell the blood. It was Mike. Mike. Mike did most of it. Man, I'll go in there and get the cookies and everything else. That's why I'm on a diet. Uh, but I'll be off my diet during camp. I'll be finished with that thing. And so I'll be back to uh, the sneaking around in the kitchen. But uh, I'm not the only one that got caught sneaking around in the kitchen. There's some, I don't know if I ever got caught. Uh, I mean, what are they going to do? I'm just going to do it anyways. They, they can't stop me. I work all day long. But they work even longer. They get up at, oh, dark 30, man. They get up at 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and they go in there and start cooking breakfast. Robin does best of not me, man, not me, not me. My wife is, she used to go everywhere with me, and now she won't go nowhere. <laughs> I, I was talking the other day about going up to camp with us, and Michelle went up there with her husband, which was a good wife. And my wife's a good wife, too. I said, and she goes, if I'd have known, I said, would you have gone? She goes, no. <laughs> I don't blame her, man. I mean, I've run her all over this planet, so she's, she's, she's done her thing. But go on real quick here. It says, if they're... If there, if, if there be therefore any consolation, the consolation is back in 27, it says, Oh, let your conversation be as such as becometh the gospel of Christ. Amen. It should be in Jesus Christ. Brethren, we have got to learn that this body right here, we're it, we're it. And each and every one of us are at different levels growing all the time, and, and some of us are, going to, are grown out here a ways, and there's no jealousy between any of us. 
I like, I like uh, Brother Joe's message Sunday night. Barn, uh, Paul was, there's only one Paul. Thank God, man. I don't think we could have taken 14 more books as anybody else wrote. <laughs> if this thing had uh, seven or 80 books in it and there was somebody else who wrote 14 more like Paul, you're talking about a mess we'd be in. It's bad enough trying to do what Paul said do and learn how to love each other. The key is, is right here. If we can't love each other in this group, how in the world are we going to love them out there? How are we going to get them in and love them and, and they see that we love them? The therefore implies that he is, it's more of a Bible teaching thing here real quick. The therefore implies that he is ex, here expanding on the ex, exhortation. He's expanding on that thing. Therefore, you need to learn how to, you need to understand what consolation. Have you been consoled? Then you can console somebody else. It's easy to do. If there be with you, with you, there any consolation in Christ. I got, I can, I sit back, man, when I was sitting there on that back porch lost, undone, thinking I'm going to hell. Uh, the, going to hell didn't really bother me. I can't remember ever, ever really upset that I was going to hell uh, or f in fear. I don't, uh, everybody always, aren't you afraid? No, I don't really get afraid too much. I like to think my way through a problem. I don't like to, even if it's uh, something you got to, you don't like the outcome or the possible outcome, I still, I don't like fear. Fear is one of those things where I battle off. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't think you can make the right decision being in fear. I, but I tell you what, uh, when it comes to being in fear of God, I think you ought to be a little scared of him sometimes. Uh, he can, he, I, me and Brother Dave was talking, he's talking about some of the stuff he did back before that. I used to smoke, and when the Lord took that from me, it was like the Holy Spirit saying, you ever stick a cigarette in your mouth again, and you'll get cancer, right? Your old face will just rot off. And I, I believe that today, man. I haven't smoked since 1985, and I just got the strangest feeling. If I stuck a cigarette in my mouth and went to light it, man, I'd get lip cancer right there. And it would just, my whole lip would fall off. Why? Because I've seen some of my brothers struggle. I mean struggle trying to quit smoking. They knew it was wrong, and it just had a hold of them. And the Lord took it from me. And he didn't, it didn't cost me nothing, except I threw a $3 carton of cigarettes over the side. But it didn't cost me nothing. There was no pain. There was no agony. There was no, no strife. There was no, uh, 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 it's like I had victory day one. And the Lord says, I gave you something I don't give everybody. And you better understand that. You know what's wrong with some of us? God gives one person something, and then we start thinking that we got something that, that you're just like everybody else. God gave Paul one thing. He gave Barnabas another. He gave Timothy another. He gave Titus something. He gave Aquila and Priscilla something. And he gave us something. And you know what he wants us to do with that? He wants you to learn about that. You know the only way you can learn about that is learn about him. you got to learn about him. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us. Amen. Man, have you ever read some of those? I like them songs, man. He's singing them songs. Them songs are great. Uh, where's that little songbook? We don't have one up here, but that's okay. I mean, that, uh, oh, worship the king. I don't, I don't need it. But, oh, worship the king. Have you ever thought about that song? Oh, worship the king. I mean, why don't you? Why don't I? You know why? Because we worry about too much other stuff. The other stuff is just stuff you got to do to get through. But to really worship the king is the best thing you could have. There's nothing better on this planet than that right there. And Paul goes on and he says, uh, he goes, uh, and hath given us, the rest of that verse in 2 Thessalonians 2.16, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Well, you know what I got today I got saved? I never have to worry about going to hell ever again. 
You're talking about an everlasting consolation. Why, why would I care what my brothers and sisters do? I thank God for man. I thank God that sometimes he uses people more than he uses me. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. Let him, man, I, I would pray that, man, we got a young man in here that's uh, up here on front. And he's, he wants to, he thinks he might be called to preach. Oh, pity the sucker, man. I'd like to see him. I hope you are, man. I hope you are. It's just, you just deserve it. Uh, you don't really, people don't really realize what that is. And, and it's not just preaching. Brother Soder told me one time, everybody thinks it's preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's a whole lot more than that. It's a whole lot more than that. It's everything in between those that matters. That's what matters. And people's lives matter in between those. And the things I do can affect people's lives. And it can make them serve God or go away from God. And one day I'm going to have to stand and give an account of what I did with what he gave me. You, people say, why are you so cautious? Because I'm afraid to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day. And he says, Mike, you caused this person. Now, I'll tell you this. You got to learn how to love people, but you can't compromise either. You got to stay firm in what you believe. You, let me ask you a question. Do you know what you believe tonight? You know how you learn that? You get a hold of Jesus, man. You know what, you know what helped Paul? The backside of the Arabian desert. Man, if we could get three, three years on the backside with Jesus, you know what that would do for our lives? Man, it make, husbands, it'd make you love your wife a hundred times. You ought to thank God if you got a woman in here tonight that loves you or he's even sticks with you. You ought to thank God for that. Ladies, if you got a guy that's even around you, you ought to thank, thank God for that because being around each other, me and Beth, that's a wonder we even still are married. We have fun. Actually, she cooked something last night. I probably shouldn't say this, and I'll probably get it when I get home. But uh, she went to cook chicken. And I said, if it looks yellow, I ain't eating it. Now, this diet stuff is for the birds. There is nothing you can put on nothing to make it taste good. I don't care. On a diet. Now, if you're not going to, you're going to go Kentucky Fried Chicken and get that, that fried chicken with the breading all over it, mm -mm, and pepper and salt and all. Yeah, yeah, you can do all that stuff. Or Popeye's chicken. Yeah, that's good too. Uh, Chinese restaurant with all the gooey stuff all over it. Yeah, you can do. You try to make chicken and put stuff on it with no sugar, hang it up, it ain't going to work. And I told her, don't make it yellow or I'm not going to eat. Boy, she, I thought she was going to divorce me right there. She said it won't be yellow. And she made it, and as she's giving me my place, she says, you ain't going to like it. I said, why? She goes, because I don't. <laughs> I said, I told you, you should have just fried it, man, in the pan. Better just fry the stuff. I mean, I don't know how anybody can, can decide to be on a diet and even think. You just in your mind say, I'm not going to eat anything, man. I'm going to eat dirt, grass. I'm going to be like Nebuchadnezzar. Go out and eat grass, man. It'll be better for you. But, brethren, I'm telling you what, you can't. You can't. This world is trying to make everything just perfect, and it's not. It never was. But Paul is sitting here. Boy, I thank God for Paul going on the backside of that desert. He gave of his life for me. Until we get to the place where we realize that God has sent certain people to give of themselves. You know what's wrong with our churches today? You don't have any pastors out there who will give themselves. That's fact. That's what Paul did. You want your example? You want to be a pastor? That's, this is your example right here, Paul. Paul said, I, he said over here, he said, for I am in a strait. He's, he's in a place where he's stuck right here in the middle. He goes, I know what I want. I want to be with Jesus. I was already on the backside of the desert with him. I got stoned, man. I don't went to heaven. I know exactly where, what I'm talking about. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly who he is, and he's where I want to be. But if Jesus was here, what would he do? He would stay. You say, well, he left. He left it to us. 
You know what kind of honor that is? He gave us the privilege. Brother Dave was talking today. We were sitting there talking. He goes, he said, it makes absolutely no sense to serve Jesus Christ financially. If you're trying to financially serve Jesus Christ, talk to him about buses and vans and and campers and everything else that's blown up and just destroyed and, and the amount of billions of trillions of dollars that went into keeping him on the road. And financially, it is just, it is not a, uh, it is not a financial decision any, uh, Elon Musk would probably not do it. He launches rockets, but he gets them back. The rest of the stuff don't work. It blows up. Satan is in the stuff to blow it up. But you know, if you reach people for Jesus Christ, it's worth every dime of it. Brother Tom Combs, I was talking to him the other day, and, and he was talking about what was going on. He said, look, brother, he goes, I was down in, in Buckhorn, and he said, I just got a building started and got it set. We've added something to it, and it was still drywall. And he started showing me some pictures and tears running down his face what the next guy took it to. And he goes, he goes brother, he said, I just got to be, you know, he, for a moment there, I thought he thought he was a failure. And I said, brother, this is what I did here. I, I basically got this together, and if I'm out of here, it's, they don't have to worry about it. The next person won't have to worry about payments or anything like it's already paid for. Everything's done. Everything works pretty much. And, and he goes, that's what I did in Buckhorn. And he got a smile on his face. And the tears was getting ready to run down his face, and he got to smile. He said, that's what I did. And it was almost like he was consoled in, in thinking, well, first I'm a failure. No, and he goes, no, no. You know what that is? That's consolation. That's helping somebody else. Something that the Lord gives you, you can then give out to somebody else and console them. Brethren, we're, all, we're not all going to go out and do the same thing, but we're all in this thing together. Amen. And we're just walking down the path together. Amen. And I like it, man. I just like it. I like the way he goes. He says, comfort your hearts and establish you. He goes, everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Verse 17, 2 Thessalonians 2.17 says, comfort your hearts. And establish, establish you in every good work, word and work. That is, any consolation. You know what you need to do? You need to be consolated, consoled. You need to be comforted. The next one was comfort. He says, if there be any consolation, if there be any comfort of love. You know what will keep you going is learning about Jesus. Amen. And let that love get a hold of you. You say, oh, this is, this is milk toast. That, you know what? Sometimes milk is the best thing you can get. There's a lot of people in this world that need, they just need love. That's all they need. They don't need bitterness. They don't need angry. They don't need mean. They need love. What they need is somebody who actually cares about them. If any fellowship of the Spirit. If you want to get God in the middle of this thing, I'm going to, I'm going to stop right here because it's 753, and I really do want to pray. For, for, uh, uh, Philippians 1.9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more, in knowledge and in all judgment. Sometimes you have to judge, but your love has to be there. That ye may approve things that are excellent, and that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. Brethren, we're getting ready to start doing some stuff, and, and I'm telling you, I already know, I, and believe me, don't think I do not understand what each and every one of y'all go through when this happens. Uh, Brother Joe's got a bunch of stuff that he's trying to, and, and Paige are trying to get all these people uh, signed up. We had somebody call us at the house tonight and said, hey, can we send somebody to that camp? And, and Beth goes, first come, first serve. <laughs> uh, uh, you got you to gotta sign up. And uh, it's a local church here that wants to send a young lady and, and, if, and if it can work out. But he's got to figure out where everybody's going to sleep, where everybody's going to be, who's team, da, da, da. We got to figure out, Tim's got to figure the games out, man. From last year to this year, I heard everything got broke. 
He's got to now replace everything. You don't think he's talking about you while he's looking at that stuff? I'm hoping he's not talking about me, but, but Jerry is. Little boy, come up and say, I hope you make a lot because you're a poor preacher. <laughs> and you know what? He's absolutely right. <laughs> but I tell the Lord all the time, I said, Lord, you got the wrong guy. And yet he still does what he does. Gideon said, I can't do it. And he says, but Lord, if you want me to do it, he says, I'll, I'll let it be dry on the ground and wet on the fleece. And you think that would be enough right there, not for Gideon. He said, Lord, how about let it be wet on the fleece and dry on the ground? And you would think that would be enough. So it didn't. Lord says, hey, moron, go down to the camp. And I still haven't ever figured this one out yet. I got the fleece thing, but a tumbleweed rolls into the camp. It's Gideon. I still, I haven't found anybody to ever explain how in the world those guys knew that that tumbleweed was Gideon. You know what that is? That's God. And the Lord understands us. He understands our frailties and our weaknesses and, our, and the things that we go through in life. He understands all that. He, he understands our frame is dust. He understands that. You know what he's looking for is somebody who will commune with him and get to a place where they learn about him. And once you learn about him, there's going to be a place out there somewhere. He, he may not do something with you. Don't, don't be in a hurry to do something with God. Let God take his time with you. Let him have his way with you, like that song says. Let him have his way with you, and let him show you, because what he's doing is preparing you for something in the future that he has. Not for what you have, what he has. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to grow as you grow in grace. I tell you what, I go to a lot of these churches and I see them, Brother Sollers and some of these fundamentals that we always make fun of the fundamental church and everything else, but they have a love in their lives that we're lacking. If you could tack that into what we have, the Bible and the, the belief in Jesus Christ, brethren, we could do a lot of stuff. You know what he had to do with Peter, James, and John, and Paul? He had to work them through that phase of, of, of their lives where they were so zealous that they would hurt people. And he worked them through that till they got out here on the backside of that thing to where now Paul can write the books that we're using 2,000 years later to minister. You know what we're here to do is to minister, brethren. He goes on here. I want to see if I can get to this one verse, and then I'll shut up. I don't know if it, If any bowels of mercy, verse 2, he says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Brethren, if you got a problem, talk it out with the, the person you got a problem with. Don't talk it out with somebody that you don't know or doesn't know anything about it. Go to the person. And, and the Lord says, work the thing out. It always works out if you do that. Get, get, don't worry about getting upset. It's like, I'm upset. I'm out of God's will. No, maybe you, what you're saying, thinking is absolutely right. Bring it to the surface. It's okay. I'm just saying in the next month, uh, just don't let, let's, let's get this thing done and let's be a blessing, number one, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to our church. When we're done with this thing, we can go, woohoo, we did another one. It's in, the, it's in the record books, and we got, to, we got to be a blessing. I appreciate everybody in here taking vacation. Don't think I don't. I think we're going to, everybody's going to go for free. Is that true? Because, uh, well, with this right here, we definitely will. Yeah, I wasn't going to speak that Yeah, there it is right there. So uh, this is camp money. Uh, the band was in camp, so it goes back to camp. But uh, all, the, all the workers and all the uh, plebes down here, the little camper campers, the... the the people that eat and do all the other stuff that makes us go do all the other stuff we do, 
uh, they get to all go free. Everybody gets to go free. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that thing, and you guys give, and I don't want to ever, ever let you think that I don't care about you giving. I know you give. A church's size amazes me how much y'all give. Uh, those, those men that went up there to help uh, on that cabin, we went up there three times, and all three times we had five guys, and those five men, uh, I think they were three different ones the first time, second time. Oh, they're, they're pretty much the same group. There may be six total men. But uh, those guys all went up there and gave three days of their life to do that. That's three 24-hour days, eight-hour drive up and back, uh, three, three and a half up, maybe four up, and three and a half back. And the six or seven hours that we worked up there, they gave a 16-hour day, a good 16-hour day, three days in a row or over a three-week period and got a job done. I, that, that speaks volumes for this church. And I'm going to tell you I love every one of you. You may not think it all the time, but I do. I just wish I had more brains and more time that I could devote to each person here, but I just don't. And just like you don't either, I understand your families and everything else. But, brethren, we got to learn, we got to make sure that we stay in touch with it, in tune with each other. Let's not let the devil get in, in into this little church and do anything here. Uh, let's be aware of his devices and fight it. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I know this was a real simple message, but, Lord, everything in your Bible is really simple when we look at it. Lord, uh, if we loved our brethren like, like uh, you loved us, and Lord, if we'd work on our love toward you, then the love for our brethren is just a simple thing. You said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and love thy brother as thyself. And Lord, you said everything hangs on those two. All the law and the prophets hang on those two. Lord, help us to learn those two things. I know that uh, we got a good little church here, Lord. we got some good people, and I love them all. Uh, Lord, just help us to... Uh, bring it to a finer point, Lord, that we can actually show that. Lord, there was people here Sunday morning hurting inside, Lord, and, and Lord, I know there's hurting in here, and uh, Lord, pray for Brother Ross tonight. Lord, he's down there uh, recovering, and Miss Betty, uh, Lord, her, her son is down in one place, and she's in another place, and, and they can't see each other, and uh, Lord, I just pray for both of them, and pray for Diana, Lord, and she's trying to take care of Ross at this time, and George and Linda's at home, Lord, I just pray for them, that you just continue to work in their lives. Lord, uh, Darkus and Paul. Paul's got some health issues. Just pray for him. But Lord, there's so much stuff, Lord, that this little church does. Uh, Lord, that uh, it's just an amazing thing to me. Lord, help us not to ever uh, help us never get a bad attitude. And Lord, help us always remember that you always were there for us. And Lord, that as Paul said, uh, he was in a straight betwixt the two. I pray tonight that uh, we'd rather stay here and be a blessing to this world. Uh, Lord, then to depart because this is the only time we have. Bless the prayer service, and Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.